All right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. I guess you could call this the Philly podcast because that's where we're starting with Brandon and Shane. How are you guys doing on this Sunday? Could not be worse. Shane? I'm confused. That's how I am. <laughs> uh, Brandon, you know, Brandon. We, we say we say we're a Chargers show, yet we go on all these tangents. About we're just, we're just a football because, show. We're just a football because show because the Chargers. Well, the Chargers are just so uninteresting right now, and they didn't yeah. play today. And they're playing today's tomorrow. Show is all about. They're playing tomorrow. Right. We're talking about them tomorrow. But anyways, um, yeah, Philly. Uh, how about that? Okay, so so here's <laughs> how I'm gonna phrase this. Que- here's how I'm gonna phrase this for you, Brandon. For Philly, we knew this was gonna happen, and yep. we were right on the money because ticking, ticking the time bomb. Because the reality of the situation is that Jalen Hurts is uncomfortable in this offense. He doesn't know what he's doing. Because this offensive coordinator can't give them proper play calls. And we knew eventually it was going to be their downfall. And today it was. Very clearly. Am I right or wrong? 100%. Listen, I, I know that I, after the game, like my first reaction was to be pissed at Jalen Hurts. But then when I watch the game, I'm like, bro. Like, on some of these, like, uh, once again, quarterback draws. don't. I mean, they worked better today, but they don't work. They, like... Also, like every single play, instead of drawing up, like, once again, we always say the same thing. If the run game is kind of slow or, you know, or if if you're not kind of getting the ball out, like when you have a quarterback that's, that's getting under pressure a lot, what do you have to do? Get the ball out quickly. How do you do that? You call quick passing plays. <laughs> like, once again, what is so hard about running a slant when you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on, on like – Second and nine. It's not time to run to run thirty yards down the field and see what happens. No, we're we're doing the same thing every time. We're having Jalen Hurts drop back to pass with the pressure in his face. He's got like a seven step drop off, even even out of the shotgun. Like I don't, I can't remember where the, where he, at any point in this game where he had a clean pocket. And, and you know, and you know what 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 really really pisses me off is, and it's it's become such a reality for this Eagles team. Without Lane Johnson, they flat out suck. Look at the <laughs> record with Lane Johnson and without. Yikes! Yeah, it's bad. If you look at with, they have like a like it's like a eighty percent win percentage. Without, they're like they're like literally a thirty three percent win percentage. It's it's Lane Johnson is the MVP of this team, and even Jake Elliott. Where what the hell are you doing missing a forty yarder, bro? What's the matter with you? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue this question for you, Brandon. How similar were the Niners' losses to the Eagles' loss today? Oh, it was extremely similar. Both quarterbacks couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Both <laughs> both court both quarterbacks both. But the thing is, too, also both quarterbacks went against good defenses that didn't give their receivers an inch of space, mm-hmm. and that made a difference. Like I, I just don't understand, you know. And what pisses me off, what what made me angry more so about the Eagles and the Niners. Like they dealt they dealt with injuries, took away, you know, you take away Debo Samuel, take away CMC, that offense is flat and dull and dead. But that's obvious. Eagles didn't deal with any injuries to their wide receiving core and did nothing. Uh, AJ Brown well, got some separation but not enough on on like it, it was either a hit or miss on his on his plays. And Devontae Smith is non-existent. He complains about getting not getting the ball. He couldn't get a single inch of separation. That's his fault. You complain about not getting the ball, yet you create no separation for Jalen Hurts to give you a chance to catch Which the ball. Which is unusual and, for him. 
And then, and then, yeah, for a, a good route runner like him too. And then, the, the the exact moment I knew this game was over was when he dropped that wide open pass in the middle of the field. There was nobody within 20 yards of him. Hit him right in the chest and he dropped it. The second I saw that, I'm like, yep, this game is over. There's no chance they win now. None. I don't care if they're up by two, if they're up by five, whatever it was. That game was over at that moment because I knew their head wasn't. First of all, their head wasn't in the game. Everybody, well, even including myself, but everybody overlooked this Jets team. That's the biggest problem, and Philly does it every single year. But here's the thing, too. What I say about the Niners? I said the Niners, this Niners-Browns game could be their their trap game. The Browns have a great defense. Um, yeah, we said that earlier in the week. And by the way, that is kind of how I feel about both of these games. Because yeah. we knew these teams were going to lose at some point. I didn't think we think it would be like six days or seven days after we did that podcast. But we said like they're going to have trap games anyway. Um, Shane, I'm going to go to you and I'm actually going to start with the Niners here we go again, Shane. You're right on the money every year. This Niners team always gets injured around this time of year. Here we go, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that, you know, this is unfortunately this is what happens when you play such a physical style of football, which the Niners do. Um, you know, they have this brilliant scheme majority of the time, <laughs> but then you know you get stuck in situations like this where you're you know where you're playing this, this you know such a physical style of football and everyone just gets banged up um you know and it's uh you know the thing about this game is like you guys are saying it's brown's defense is tremendous um but you know it still is concerning because, and yes, it's just one game, but, um, you know, for them to have been rolling at such a high level that they were, and then all of a sudden it looked like they just hit a cement wall, um, you know, it's, it, it, I can't help but think about, okay, when they get to January, maybe even February, um, how's this going to work out for them? Because if they're still, you know, if they still have injuries or have new injuries at the time, um, and they're going up against good playoff defenses, uh, I don't know. This could be interesting. Um, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll have to see. That's obviously a long ways from now. Uh, but I think it's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, it is one game, but it's definitely something we should keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, continuing with the Eagles, Shane, is it is it just this offense for you that was stagnated today that was just an absolute mess? Do you feel like that's the main reason for today, or is there more that we're missing? I think so. I, I think it, it just wasn't. I mean, it's their offense has been... I've been a little concerned about their offense all season because it's, um, you know, if, if it kind of feels like so far they've just done what they needed to, but haven't really kicked into that upper gear, you know, that they did last year. Um, and I, in like Brandon, I think a lot of it is play calling, um, and the just the system. I don't, I don't think it works for this particular group 
obviously. Uh, um, and but you know the the thing is with the Jets, I mean it's you know say what you want about them, but Robert Sala is definitely one of the great defensive minds in the game today, and he keeps showing why. You know he, with the exception of the Dallas game earlier in the year, <laughs> he uh, you know goes up against offenses that we think are generally uh, pretty. You know, pretty good, real high tier offenses, and uh, you know, just makes them not look so good. <laughs> um, and that was no different today. But uh, yeah, so uh, another thing with the Jets that I think is kind of interesting that I just want to mention right now <laughs> is. Um, it has nothing to do with today, but there was that video this week of Aaron Rodgers walking. And he threw today. Like without, he threw. Without crutches. Yeah. Uh, the fact, this is. It's absurd. I'm just this saying, is alien shit. It's amazing. That is just incredible. I, I don't know how. I, I was telling you guys, it reminds me of when, um, when Tom Cruise broke his ankle on the set of uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, and they told him, okay, um. You're not going to be able to walk for six months. I even run, just walk. And then he was sprinting in six weeks. It's like, you know, it kind of feels like that where they're saying, no, he's, he'll be lucky to be ready to go by week one next year. And now he's going to, he's going to play in December. He's going to play in December, guaranteed. He very well could, which is, which is just amazing. And if the Bills keep Um, playing like this, then, 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 oh boy, look out. Uh, let let's get to let's get to the Bills guys. We have three forty one in the fourth quarter. Look, I barely have touched this game because I thought it was gonna be a blowout. But either way, guys, they they don't run the ball. We've talked about this for weeks. Josh Allen is still trying to push the envelope, and they they're not doing anything anything redeemable in this game at all. Uh, Brandon, what's your thoughts on on Giants Bills tonight? I all my friends. We lost bets in the early window, so we were we were like, oh, you know what? What bet can hit tonight? And we look at like you know, obviously Giants Bills because everybody's you know thinking, oh yeah, Bills are gonna kill them. So we're all like, oh yeah, you know, Gabe Davis to score a touchdown, and the touchdown goes to some guy I've never heard, like some some dude from like Southwest Texas State University scores a touchdown. Like I don't know who the hell that dude is for the Bills that scored it. I really don't know who he is. Um. Like Hardy, his name is. Like, but but, it it's like it, it's just it's ridiculous that you only have seven points against the Giants, bro. Like against a a bunch of third and fourth stringers at this point. And really? Yes, and yes, Tyrod Taylor is playing. Anti, yeah, and Tyrod Taylor is playing, and they still have no offensive line, and they still have mediocre receiver. Like this team is bad. Like so, what does this say about the Bills? Like this isn't an outlier. This is who the Bills are. Like it's I, who I was the Bills be- are. It's who the Bills are on their worst day, and they can have a quote unquote worst day on any random Sunday. This like this game to me, this drops them out of my top five teams like for a long time, for a <laughs> very done. long time. I'm done with this Bills team. You like like I know the Eagles played terrible today, but they would beat this Giants team by about thirty. Like that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. 
ridiculous it's to play the way you did mess. against them. It's like, been a sloppy match. I, I like I just and then just just watching like like Josh Allen can't like can't make you know really almost any throws. Like everything was inaccurate. Um, if it was if it wasn't to Stephon Diggs, he was off the mark, or it was just short passes, and then they would just run the ball and go nowhere, and have to have to either you know. Yeah, and there's like seventeen thousand flags. And like, this game was just from start to finish one of the worst football games I've ever watched. Ever is it, is it worse than than a Broncos Colts a couple of years back? Oh, God, but like, <laughs> oh, that was a dumpster fire. But like, my God, like you knew what you were getting there. Like Jesus, At the very like, least. Like, like you knew where you were getting, but it's like Josh Allen against against an awful, awful, awful Giants team, and he can barely put up seven points, bro. Like, this is literally a single point. Like, this is literally that neither team has scored ten points, bro. Like, really, this is what we're doing. The Bills at fourteen at the moment. Oh, they, oh, they do. They, oh yeah, whoop de do. Okay, yeah, but we don't really care about that. (laughs) Garbage time. So yeah, nine to fourteen right now. Yeah, Um, yeah, they're 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 gonna win, but garbage time. Like. It's like okay, but you still. I mean, technically, you still scored se- like I don't care about fourteen. You still scored seven points against the Giants in three and a half quarters. Yeah, that's uh, ugly. It's gross. Shane, uh, are the Bills a uh, top of NFL team for you after tonight? Just something I don't know because I don't feel like anybody's a top five NFL team at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make that point too. So I'm like, where do I draw the line? Okay. You know, and okay, here, I'll say this about, I'll, I'll say this about Buffalo, right? I think, and this isn't me making an excuse for them. I, this is just a genuine observation. You know, I would argue that Brian Dable is the man that made Josh Allen an elite NFL quarterback. And uh, guess who the coach of the Giants is? Oh, right, Brian. Uh, so this guy. Yeah, and, and they're in the build offensive coordinator now is Josh Allen's quarterback coach from the Brian Dable offense team. So yeah, I I feel like so it's still a very similar offense. Dable he knows the ins and outs of it. Not only that, but he also knows exactly how they utilize it. You know what I mean? And so I I I felt like. Today was an instance of just, you know, an old master who knows all of his apprentices' tricks. You know what I mean? Um, and maybe that's just an optimistic take of mine, but I genuinely believe that. Um, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll see, obviously, but that's just kind of how it read for me, at least. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to list who impressed me today. You ready? Here's my list. My list is the Lions, who I think are very clearly a top NFL team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Rams didn't impress me today. They played the Cardinals very close for most of that first half. The Texans impressed me today. I think they're a much better team than we give them credit for. The Dolphins impressed yeah. me because they gave up 14 and still they gave up 14 unanswered in the beginning and still won. Pity points. <laughs> Pity points. <laughs> uh, the Jaguars' defense impressed me today, and I'm gonna give Sam Howell an impression award. Good game, Sam Howell. Is that fair? 
Uh, yeah. 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 Well, so, well, we we've been singing for kind of for a couple weeks now, but Sam Howell is is legit. He is. It's just that, that that team needs to be consistent. Yeah, he's being inconsistent along with them, pretty much. Yeah. Like we we like if they can just gain some consistency, they can be a really good football team. Yeah. And the, it's like, oh, it's just like that's that's just like the the only team I think right now that's starting to catch I think fire at a good time. And I mean, well, it has a lot to do because they 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 basically have have had home games every single week at this point. That's the Jaguars. They've kind of, they've started to kind of kind of come around a little bit. So, because like uh, everybody else, I I just don't I don't like at all. Like, <laughs> ev- like I you I can like find the Lions. So- the Lions are probably the only team. Like to me, after this week now, my standings aren't going to change too much. But now it all depends on injuries. Because now, when you look at the top, how many of the top five teams that we thought from last week have injuries? Like, you know, Niners and Eagles, you know, in the top two or three, both teams are at half their half their starting team. Like, and then on one, you know, half the starting offense, pretty because CMC and Debo are basically are, are basically half that offense. So, you know, and then now Trent Williams too. Well, we don't know. We, we, I mean, he's okay. I think he came. He might have came back in the game, but. You know he's he's gonna like it's almost it feels like it's inevitable for him to be injured. I mean it just it just seems like that's what happens every year because he's just getting older even though he's still really good. Um, but Niners are dealing with, with big important injuries now. Philadelphia literally their their almost their entire starting secondary is out, except for James Bradbury who is old and slow. So like we're we're playing with James. It's basically, it's basically our secondary is just James Bradbury and the kids. That that <laughs> that that's it. That's all Philly has. And then you know. Everybody's like, oh, we don't need Darius Slay and Jalen Carter to beat the Jets. Oh, well, clearly you did. Clearly you did. Uh, and I, I said this. Already. I mean, defensively, I felt like they were okay. It was no, yeah, no, they're still they're, they're they're still but fine. I, I know, I know, I know what you mean though. It's just that, like, you know, that that definitely would have had a bigger impact. But like, you know what concerns me too? And I mean, this this is already looking forward to next week. Tyreek Hill is dropping three hundred yards and four TDs on that defense's head. By the way, that is Sunday night football. Sunday night. And my friends who's a Dolphins fan is going to that game. Eagles are debuting their Kelly Greens. We're going to look all pretty just to get blown out by the Dolphins. Nice. We're getting dressed up for our blow- funeral. You think you're going to get blown out? I think it's going to If Brian Johnson is still calling plays, no doubt in my mind. Nick Sirianni said that, Nick Sirianni said he was pit after this game in the post-game presser. Nick Sirianni said he was he was basically upset with the play calling. Okay. But if you put him out there next week again, it's going to be the same result. You're not you're not playing St. Mary's School for the Blind next week. You're playing the Miami Dolphins, so you you better you better figure it out fast. Like you, you like, and especially because now you're entering the rough part of your schedule. So Brian Johnson, I, I, I'm I've like I've been losing faith in him every single week, even though the offense. Is somehow I, I getting, think my faith is better. gone. I think my faith is gone. See, see, I, I I'm trying to remain positive because this is a five. But this is what this was why I said the sky was falling after this loss today because. This has been building for six weeks, and we knew it was, been... we knew it was gonna. I told I said this in the beginning of the podcast here. Twenty minutes gone, we knew something like this might happen. And, we kind of figured and, it was going to. And they're entering the hardest part of any team's schedule this entire season. Look at the next seven games; those can all be losses. Every single one of them, if Brian Johnson's still calling plays, every single one of those can be losses. I, I have a, another game I want to comment on. I have a comment on the London game. Everyone's ah, freaking yeah. out, thinking Will Levis is going to play. 
and Will Levis isn't fucking dressing, and Malik Willis <laughs> is out there playing backup, can we all shut up about the mailman until he actually gets on the field? Like, bro, Malik Willis is your backup. Malik Willis is your starter if Tannehill's out for any period of time. To be honest, I don't don't really care about either of them. (laughs) Yeah. Also, but I'm just going to say this. Remember remember that Fox Sports report after the draft? They're like, like, Will Levis is going to start after week four. It's week six. The guy isn't even dressed. He's your emergency quarterback. Oh, and by the way, other than that, Ravens, nice game. Uh, fun game in London. I I have nothing else to say for you. You should have blown out. You should have. That game was technically a blowout, really. If you watched that game very closely, that game yeah. should have been a blowout. Jesus Christ. Yeah. One, I, one like, more one more week until we uh until we uh do Dolphins Chiefs in Frankfurt. So that's what I'm waiting for. After after getting Dolphins Eagles. So that's gonna be yeah like. We're, we're this right now. This is the this is the point of the season. Like, forget Thanksgiving. This is the point where we're gonna find out what all these teams are made of because they're all gonna start playing each other now at this point in the season. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we find out what Philly's made of after, especially after after that rough adversity today. Like, mind you, Jalen Hurts is now second in the league in interceptions. Jesus. Uh, although, although if you watch the games, only maybe three of them are his fault. One of them, Dallas Goddard, couldn't catch a football today. And he just pops straight out of his hands into into Quentin Williams' hands. So, like, uh, the, yeah, the NFL really needs a statistic. It's like interceptions that were the quarterback's fault and ones that weren't. I I feel like need it should, to be. Uh, I feel like if the receiver has need to be hand, separated. If his if the receiver has his hands on the ball at least for like a good like second, then it shouldn't be a pick for the quarterback. It should just be like a just a turnover. It should just be like it should. It's a, it should almost count as a fumble to me. I know that sounds stupid. Inter- football, football's the, the not played like that. But yeah, no, no. It should be a. It should be an interception for the receiver. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Imagine it should. That statistic in fantasy football. Because it, like, it, literally, if you <laughs> go back and look at these games, like like today, Jalen Hurts has, has his stat line has three picks. Could have had four, but one of them was not his fault. The other one, the other two were. Uh, but the other one was also just in guard, like basically in crunch time when Brian Johnson's calling plays. Like, that's the problem I just I have, and I've said it every single week. Like, I, I, and that's what I'm saying again. That's why, I, once again, I'll say it one more time. If Brian Johnson's calling the plays on Sunday night against the Dolphins, I will not watch. I will not watch that game. That man, I don't care. Oh God, I don't care if 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 people take offense to this, but that man's a borderline terrorist. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. He he is Matt Canada bad to me. Is he worse than Matt Canada? Oh my god, he's on the same level. Both of them need to be shipped to the gulag in Siberia. Both of them need to be shipped to Canada. I think honestly, so I would argue, I would argue that I would argue that Brian Johnson is worse because um, of the high powered offense they have. Yeah, I mean this team, this offense was literally in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, and you, I mean, and he, meanwhile, and he somehow he somehow Pittsburgh, ruined it. He somehow ruined it. Yeah, meanwhile, Pittsburgh has not a great quarterback, in my opinion. Um, I mean, all they really have is a running back and a pretty decent rookie wide or not second year wide receiver. You know, other than that, I'm like, eh. Rob, I'm not watching anything related to that game. I'm not going to watch that thing you sent. What? Anything related to anything related to that Eagles game today? I'm not watching it. 
Oh, uh, what? Robert, why are you scrolling on Instagram while we're having a tasteful conversation? <laughs> because, because, Listen. because Travis Kelsey uh, and Taylor Swift are running my timeline. I, I, oh, I the the amount of times today that like, listen, the only thing that would have made my day worse is is if the Niners would have finished that off with that field goal there, and then the Eagles would have lost. That's like, if that would have happened, I would have lost my. So technically, technically, we could say the Eagles were the last undefeated team to go down. So the Eagles were the last team that were, that was undefeated this season. <laughs> we can te- we can technically say that. Um, I I um I have a comparison to make. And I wonder, Shane, if you agree with my comparison. Josh Allen and Patrick I Mahomes. Might. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are playing the same type of football, right or wrong? I, I mean, haven't they kind of been for like yeah, their whole careers? Yeah, I know, but what, what I'm saying is, for, for for Thursday night and tonight, was it fairly similar? I mean, yeah. Um, Neither of them are really playing that great this year, and they they both just kind of uh, look like they're trying to do their Superman thing, but instead of it being Superman, it looks more like uh, you know Robin or something, um, or I don't know. It, yeah, it, it's um it's not pretty. Let's put it that way. You know, you definitely expect a lot more from guys like them but um but you know here we are and it's it's strange this is just a very strange season brandon you said dead on continue with that thought i mean just just like as shane was starting to say like you know haven't they been for their entire careers i mean they're they're both basically gunslingers they're both yeah, you know, especially especially this season, this season especially, they're both turnover prone. Um, yeah, and that and that's another thing about just the NFL in general. With all like, look at like the top like five to ten quarterbacks in the NFL this year, they're all turnover prone, all of them. Yeah. Uh, like like I've never seen such such a weird wacky upside down year, but but you know Josh Allen and Mahomes both turnover prone, both gunslingers, both. Both can can they can bring their teams to great heights. The only difference between them is one can win games in the and one can win a Super Bowl and one basically can't right now. So, like, you know, it's much. it's that's the only real difference between them. They both like they both have their favorite targets on offense, obviously with Allen and Diggs and Mahomes and Kelsey, um, and they both feed them like no tomorrow. But then again, if you take like once again, you take those guys away. Which is p- part of what the Giants kind of did tonight. If you take those guys away, they're they're they can't they they their stat lines are mediocre at best. Like it's it's like you know I mean you have to have a top target if you're you know, like top quarterbacks nowadays. A lot a lot gets lost in the fact that their top targets also make them what they are and to a certain extent. To, yeah, to Not, a degree, to a degree. So like. You know, people are quick to forget that, like, oh, you know, we get lost. You know, the quarterback is the fuel general. You know, arguably the most important position in football. You know, you need a good quarterback to win games. Of course, you do. But you know, like, same thing. Like, you know, it goes both ways here. Like, you, like, if you can neutralize both teams' best offensive weapon, you know, you can win. You can beat them pretty handily. The Chiefs don't look good at all this year. The Bills are literally 
four and what are they gonna be four and two, but they don't deserve to be. Should be three and three. Um you know, but bull teams are kind of just struggling, just just like how like Burrow is and Hertz is, and and you know the only quarterback that's not struggling right now is because he has he literally has a human cheat code for a wide receiver is Tua. Like, <laughs> like, like, and and then and then his 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 number two is Jalen Waddle. Like, my God, man, how much help do you need? And then and then <laughs> Chase Claypool's a vending machine. So let's wait for the vending machine to play. Because he did like, play today. Like, 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 can you, like, uh, this is why I keep saying it too when it comes to MVP. My MVP is Tyreek Hill. It's a good thought. Because, I like it. Because you, it was the same I reason. I love it. It was the same reason why I said that. Like, but I mean, you have Offensive Player of the Year too. But, like, Tyreek Hill can easily win both. He's been the best damn football player in the entire NFL this season. Easily. Like, yeah. Like, like he's gonna, he's probably gonna win both. Right, right. If I had to guess right now, I mean, it's only six weeks in, but if I had to guess right now, a third of the way through the football season, he's my MVP and offensive player of the year. I can't, like, I can't really. I want, I, I want to be on the Jared Goff for MVP train, and I'm still kind of there. But Tyreek Hill just blowing the game up. Yeah, like, 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 literally. Quarterback's gonna win MVP because the AP. People who vote for them are a bunch of morons, but and and it, and it's and it's so should not be that because if you can if you actually have two eyes, it's it's literally just two every week. You know, f it, Tyreek's down there somewhere. <laughs> that that's that that's the yeah. game plan every week, and then Tyreek is just literally ten yards of separation. You know, he's seventy yard bombs down the field with ten yards of separation between him and the closest defender. So so you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious if you have two eyeballs that you know it should not be Tua for MVP. Should not be at all. Should be Tyreek Hill. And I said it last year why Travis Kelsey should have been MVP over Patrick Mahomes. Same thing. Same exact thing. Any, but yeah, but, but any but other then, overall but, thoughts? No, but then but then yeah, but then to compare, you know, to have that final point with Josh Allen and Patrick, they're, they're Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are just they're the exact same quarterback. I mean, that's why every year we always talk about their paths, you know, kind of kind of crossing as you get towards playoff time, and they have already. Um you know, but but once again, Josh Allen can't get over that hump. Patrick Mahomes can. It's the only difference. The only difference. The only difference is Patrick Mahomes is, is a slightly more decorated version of Josh Allen. Jesus, that's uh, really it to me. Uh, Shane, do you have anything else? Because I I don't I don't have much else. This is the first pod where I was like, I only have a few points, and I think I'm good. Because football sucked this week, to me, in my opinion. But it's it's not been great this year in general. Um, and here's my solution. You ready for this? What's your solution? CFL? Are we watching CFL next week? We're battle royale no, between no. the quarterbacks. <laughs> Robert, Robert, we're not we're not stooping that low. Um, no, this is th- this is what you do. I think it's pretty easy, right? You got thirty two teams in the NFL. Let's make it twenty four. Okay, Just let's get rid of. Down. No, no, no. Hold on, because then if you do that, then you have less teams that are just full of crappy players and then you've got all these good players going at it a lot more at least so you know let's get rid of let's get rid of arizona we don't need them um let's get rid of uh let's see let, let, let's go one per division okay chicago let's go okay uh let's yeah yeah let's go let's go uh the giants of north carolina let's get rid of the giants um, <laughs> okay wait, wait wait no hold on so okay uh Starting the NFC, so we got uh, Cardinals, Bears, yeah, Giants, yeah, yep. and Panthers. And then yep. um, in the AFC, we got to go 
Oh, do we go Broncos or Raiders? Um, oh, Broncos. 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 Trash. Trash. Yeah. Trash. Yeah. No, let's let them go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Broncos no, country. Let's point. die. Yes. Um, and then, uh, who do we get rid of in the South? Tennessee, maybe? I don't oh know. Oh my God. You can, you can throw the whole division away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And, uh, I'd say the Jets and then, um, Steelers. I don't know. Um, you know, then just shuffle those other guys around to other teams and NFL would be a lot more entertaining. Um, but, uh, you know, that'll never happen. Obviously this is just me, me being a, a jerk with a microphone on the Ch- internet. Challenge, challenge Roger Goodell for uh commissioner. Dude, I would so be down. Um, <laughs> what what job would you rather have speaker of the house or NFL commissioner? NFL commissioner. Dude, are you are you on drugs? <laughs> Obviously, commissioner. Oh I think if you God. want to be a speaker of the house, you like are genuinely psychopathic. Speaker of the house, I'm pushing the red. I'm I'm telling the government to push the red button every single day. <laughs> um, I I want I live to watch the world burn. Uh, I'm gonna oh, nice. I'm gonna split up our post credit scenes. Uh, let's do my octopus teacher since we all finished watching it, and then Monday I'm gonna give you guys an extra day to think about your teams for the flag football um, thing. So I'll give you guys a damn. Oh, thank I'm ready. God. Thank God. I'm ready. I forgot. <laughs> thank God. I'm ready. I forgot. Uh, I've, I've, I've had a busy I'll week. Be- yeah, let's. Dude, I legit put my team together in five minutes in my head. It's yeah, so easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're on crack. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, dude, it's 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 so easy. It just let's okay, save it for can, tomorrow. Can I just say my no? Can I just say my really quick? No, no, no. I, no, I want to reveal it. I don't want to reveal it until we actually do it. Do you want to say your top five that we did last week? You can say your top five if you want. Okay. You say you're starting five. Starting five, this is easy. Mahomes a quarterback because he was also a safety in high school in varsity. Not a lot of people Damn. know that, but he was. Um, and he was like a pretty good one as well. So he's the quarterback safety. That seems pretty easy to me. And then for the uh, wide receiver, well, Tyreek Hill, obviously, that's the one guy we have to have, but I think that's pretty obvious anyways um and then for the running back slash linebacker you know you need somebody who bowling ball because this well heavy, I mean, you need with heavy, flag though heavy running with, back well you have to fly well, actually you need fat fast fast yeah fast. no no yeah no you, you need someone quick and fast and someone who's a good receiver because flag is a lot of Passing. Um, and then somebody who, you know, is also a smart player, because uh, can be playing a little defense too. Uh, to me, that's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's, mm. I think, kind of the most well rounded back. He's quick. He's also a really good receiver, very smart guy too. Went to Stanford. I mean, you know, they don't let dummies in there. Um, and then the tight end slash defensive tackle. I think you got to go with Mahomes guy, uh, Travis, Kelsey, because, I mean, that's a lethal connection right there. And then for the wide receiver, for the other wide receiver slash corner, 
I think you've got to get a defensive minded guy in here uh, and a defensive guy who also has great hands, Sauce Gardner. Oh, I like it. Okay. I like that. To me, that is, to me, that is the obvious starting five. And then the, with the alternates, I think you can, there's room for debate with them. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously. We'll save the alternates for Monday. Yeah. I, we kind of gave our top five on Thursday, so I figured I'd give you a chance to see your top five, Shane. As well. What did um, you guys say? Just curious. I don't. I can't remember what my ours. Ours, ours were similar, ours was, right? Except for one thing. Ours was similar, except for I think. Uh. Oh my god! I like said one. I said ours were similar, except I said Jair Alexander. And didn't you say like Kelsey or okay. something? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I said Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Um. Also, well, so did I. quick, quick, uh, <laughs> quick thing. Uh, for a post credit scene before we do the main one for today. Super Bowl in London in 10 years, yes or no? Hell no. 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 If, Why if, not? If, Dude, if there's ever a Super Bowl in another country, I'm boycotting the NFL. But, but tell me, okay, wait, 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 wait. But tell me how a Super Bowl in London doesn't make sense for American audiences. It makes zero sense. Why are we watching the Super Bowl at 9 o'clock in the morning? Well, There's the, nothing the, about the, that the, that the, makes sense. The Super Bowl is at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern time. How is that no. bad? No. Oh, but then there you have it. See, now no, people, don't, people, people don't have an excuse to call the next day. It's, it's not even... Well, it, yeah, that's funny. Um, it, it's not even that, though. It's not even a time thing. It's... This is... The Super Bowl is... Possibly the biggest event in america every year it literally is it, that's not a if it's not the big if it's not the biggest it's up there um everything that it does for our economy and you know with the host city and people in other cities that are traveling to it uh you know it's it does so much for us and it's just it's an american like i said it's an american event it's not a it's not an english thing no offense to the brits lovely people but it's not a you know it's not a, a british game this is american football so let's you know and it, it's a game that's played in the united states so uh you know can we keep our big event you know in the united states i mean that uh, that to me is is uh kind of a no-brainer but i don't understand why don't it doesn't know. make sense this is the exact way to build the game the game starts at 1 p.m eastern so you're not wasting an entire sunday I, I, and like why not you could just watch the game and then go drink with your buddies after but see the thing is like it does grow the game but the NFL, I don't think, is going to make the same amount of revenue that, like, because remember, it's a very American sport. I, it's not going to make the same. I, I just can't see it making the same amount of revenue putting the game yeah. in London versus bringing, having it in the U.S. Like, you're not like, think about how many people in the U.S. Like, either tailgate or go go to watch a Super Bowl like a, a, like every year. That they're not all going to go to London to watch. And then, and then people in London, listen, they, they're growing the game out there. 
but all those people are not going to show up to a Super Bowl. It's it's awkward too. It's just awkward to me. Like I can't see that happening. I mean, I don't know. It's just to me. It's just it's not the NFL wouldn't do it because remember the NFL is always about the mighty dollar because that's what the American way is. Uh, and it it doesn't help their bottom line to have it in London. I mean, you got to think of. I mean, the travel expenses are already bad enough. You know, when it comes to like getting players, performers, all that stuff out there. But like, so, but traveling overseas is a lot more money. Traveling internationally versus traveling domestically is a lot different too. Yeah. So it, it's not it, beneficial for the fans going there or the teams. That's another. Thing. Yeah, and yeah, and then the teams are all jet lagged. I, I mean, mean they, they have two they, weeks. They're gonna get used to it, but it's still it, it's still foreign to them. Obviously, well, foreign in more ways than one, but foreign to them. And then, like, it just to me, nothing about it really makes sense to me. Like, I, no. I can I can kind of see the argument for it, but there's way more argument, an argument to be made against it, in my eyes. I mean, yeah, it's all that. Plus, it's it's just it's a huge hit for the United States economy. Yeah. I mean, it's massive. We're, th- we're, thinking, like, we're, th- we're thinking like true, true Republicans over here. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying from... Because the NFL, yes, it's football, it's a game, but at the end of the day, it's also a business. And they're going to look at it from a business perspective. And not only is it a business, but it is a business that makes billions, if not trillions of dollars. So... they're not going to, I mean, they might because Roger Goodell's stupid, but if, (laughs) if he had, if he had half a brain attached to his shoulders, he would go, you know, this is one of the biggest boosts for our economy, you know, every year. Um, so, you know, let's, let's keep it that way. Let, let's help it out, especially since we're, in such a mess right now, um, yeah, it, it's like Taylor Swift the Eras tour. I'm only bringing that up because we were already talking about her, but because uh, they're more, because that's almost. making so much money for the damn economy all summer. Right. That's yeah, exactly. And so oh. it's that kind of you know, every city she goes to is making like what a billion dollars. Yeah. Which is which is fantastic. I mean that that's incredible. You know. So that's. It's the same kind of thing. You, why would you take that away from here? We can't just, escape her. No. And plus, another thing, too, that people don't think about is, um, you know, when it's at when it's in the later time, like it normally is, because it's like, what, 6 Eastern, 3 it's, Pacific? It's, it, it's 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. Yeah, so when you have it at that time, people bring wings, pizza, all sorts of stuff. What I ate today. To the, yeah. To the, yeah. yeah. Uh, they bring that stuff to, you know, their watch party or whatever. Um, if the game is at 10 o'clock in the morning, Pacific, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no one's going to go out for, I mean, some people, you probably would, Robert, because you're weird, but, um, but, but most people would not be doing that. They would just be crying out of bed and being like, okay, well, I guess it's time for the Super Bowl, you know, and, so that would also be something that it's would kind of it's kind of like do you remember the World Cup when it was like right before an NFL Sunday at like six thirty in the morning 
Everyone's oh. like, oh, uh-huh. shoot, it's oh. 6.30, it's the World Cup, and then we have the NFL for a whole day. That's basically what it Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. But with soccer, that's an international game, you know, and it's... And I'm just saying for they're... American audiences, that's what it would be like. Right. And that's not... It, but that's the thing. America is the number one target, is the target audience for... American football. NFL. Right. I mean, it's, you know, America's not the target audience. Most people in America don't care that much about soccer. No offense to Europeans and South Americans who may be listening. Um, we hope you are. That'd be sick. If you're from London. Yeah, that would be great. If, if you're from London and listening to this and you're like, yes, I want a Super Bowl, please tell us. Please comment below this episode or whatever you need to do. Reach it, go at, I mean, it would be us, great for London. Like, tell us why. Oh, no, it would be pretty good for London. But, yeah. You know, it would be incredible for them. It would just suck for the rest of America. <laughs> um, and our official post-credit scene is the one we missed last week, the one we were doing this week, My Octopus Teacher. We picked that because the Niners played on Sunday night last week. Uh, Shane, uh, other than that, give us your thought of why you picked this movie for us to watch in our, well, I guess we're calling this the post credit scene film school since that's kind of what this has been. Uh, but mm-hmm. why did you pick this for your fellow students Shane. in the Shane Hansen film school? Same Shane Hansen <laughs> film Academy. No, no, you're not my fellow students. You are my students. I'm your teacher. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, Hanson Film Academy selected my octopus teacher. Why did you select it? I'd, li- I'd like to thank the academy. <laughs> like to thank the academy. Okay. And Jada Pinkett I... Smith for being on the Today Show. This Jesus week. Christ, oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. <Christ>. Anyways, um, <laughs> no, I. So I picked this one because I want to start this off by saying I normally. I'm normally not a huge fan of documentaries. I'm just going to say that up front. Um, you know, not that there's anything wrong with them. Uh, you know, I certainly see the the value in them. I, I just I just have a hard time getting into them because you know, as somebody whose main passion in film is writing, I admire, you know, creative stories and um you know, things that, situations that people make up and just seeing the genius in that as opposed to, you know, sort of, um, well, documenting what's just, what you know, just going on. Um, but then I come across documentaries like this where it is a very unique story of you know a man who forms almost like a friendship with an octopus of all things and i've just always i've always found stories about um different species having a connection just to be so interesting because it feels very unnatural so therefore when something like this happens i just find so much beauty in that and um 
you know, not to mention it was incredibly well shot uh, for, you know, when you're shooting a lot of stuff underwater, which obviously they did. It's very tricky. Uh, it, you know, it's not everybody can just pick up a camera and shoot something that gorgeous underwater. I I certainly couldn't. <laughs> um, you know, it's definitely a specialty that people have, and um, and yeah, it, it's. I just think that you know the visuals combined with kind of just the overall story that's being told. I mean, it's such an emotional journey that this guy goes on with somebody that he is almost like a friend to him who he can't even speak to. Um, it's just really inspiring to me. And, um, yeah, and I could go on and on, but that's sort of my general thoughts, uh, about why I wanted to do this one. And, uh, I'll let you guys go ahead. Brandon, give us your thoughts on my octopus teacher. I, it's, it's weird. Like, and I'm not a big documentary guy either. But it's uh, the I was kind of just drawn to it, especially when you know uh, it was kind of revealed that up until his encounter with with the octopus, as weird as that sounds to say in a sentence, um, uh, like his life kind of was was kind of spiraling. It's, yeah, it's it's actually kind of like you don't hear. A documentary kind of, like you know when you see kind of wildlife or nature documentaries and stuff like that it's very just focused on the the animal or you know whatever it is the the the, the reptile or you know whatever on the on, you know, ocean life whatever it is but this felt like equal parts like not just nature documentary but like a human study into the kind of like what yeah. it is and what it is to be human you know, like, and it, like you can see, like, you know, especially toward then you you kind of fast forward through all the, the the bonding with the, with the octopus and stuff, and how much it, it meant to him, and how much it kind of like ch- changed a lot of things in his life actually. But then, like, you see how, you know, like their circle, their their circle of life is so short, and our like, you know, we always say life is short for us. Life's even shorter for them, in some cases. Um. In that's pretty, pretty obvious. All cases, yeah, it's like a year. Yeah, in most species, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, we always say like you know, life is short, but you know, you don't you don't realize you know, we we really do you know have a long time here if you think about it, but you know, you just don't know when that number's up. Certainly with the, you know with the wildlife, at least with wildlife and nature and ocean stuff like that, like they they really don't have a lot of time. Period. And it's like to form such a close bond, and it's like it's it, it's funny how weird. Like how like documentaries are documentaries are almost never emotional. It's like this one was, and that's unique about it. Like you could feel kind of just the emotion through the scenes of him literally like like there's even one scene where he's petting the octopus, and I, and I'm like right. and I'm like that 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 doesn't happen. That's not a dog. Like that's <laughs> it's not it's not a, it's, it's, it's not a pet. You don't pet. You don't pet an octopus. But it's weird that it had such an like they had such a bond, and it's just like you don't see that. Like that's so that's like that would never happen again. I don't think. And that would never like that's such a rare occurrence and such a 
unique thing to see and to see kind of how both of them like the octopus kind of as much as as much as the octopus as much as i think it's, i think it was a she right yeah we're gonna as, go with she yes. as the acronym because yes as 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 much as she helped him in, in ways kind of he helped her i guess like it was weird how they like so they kind of had what is it I, i'm trying to i learned the phrase in science class and i can't remember what the hell it is like not a, and that's not a symbiotic relationship is it no, what kind of relationship no. what, what's, what's, what's um, the, was it mutualism is that what it is what I've is it that might that. be it oh yeah. you never wow no. you never learned that homogenous i don't i don't know what, what it is it's like <laughs> where they where they both benefit each other um, oh, yeah, there's a term yeah. Okay, for yeah, it. no, no, no. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the, there, the there, name there's a term for it. There's a term for it, I can't remember it. Um, but either way, it's just like it's it's so weird how like in certain ways it, it almost showed like a human side to to an to a creature that has no idea what it's like to be human. Like it's it's very weird. The documentary to me was just very weird. From that standpoint, although did you uh, my, enjoy my friend, it though? I I did in a, in this in a weird way. I did. The only problem I have, and because my friend interrupted me while I watched it, and he had heard about it when I told him <laughs> when I told him the name when I told him the name, he's like, "Oh yeah, I heard about that movie." He's like, "He's like, dude, I think that 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 uh, that you know that you know that guy is weird." And I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Dude, you ever realize that that their that their bond like." Like he he basically went to a whole thing and it's like he was like oh do you realize their bond or like his bond to the octopus like borderlines on like sexual I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> I'm like I'm like no I'm like, it does not uh, I, I, I'm like I'm like please you're scaring me now because I don't want to look at this documentary like this um but yeah I did but, not get that impression at all but 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 my my, my friend's also out there so but. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time it was just like but uh, it was weird especially in the last you know the last really what 15 20 minutes of it when when you can see also the emotion from him when when he knows that she basically got eaten like taken away you know she got killed it's like right it, it like that is something you do, like that's how close that their bond was that 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 was when it like it didn't click to me almost until that point i was like Wow, this kind of it—you never would think in a documentary like that that it, something would be that emotional or that strong or something like that. Like that bond would be like that, but it was. And it's just like uh, most documentaries to me bore me. I fall asleep during them. Like, and I'm not gonna lie, I had to restart this documentary because I fell asleep like once, like in the first 15 minutes watching it. So I was like, you know what? Like, because, but then when I actually sat down to physically, it's very relaxing. It's a very yeah, relaxing documentary. Oh my God, dude, the water and just everything that's calming about it. I was like, Oh, I started to literally just start snoring. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm falling asleep. This is, this is over. But, <laughs> but, 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 but cause that, that, that's why documentaries don't interest me because they, they just, they, they, that's what it does. Like to me, they just, they, they don't bore me, but they put me to sleep. So it's like, but this yeah. one, especially once I got through kind of the, the tough part of kind of just waiting around to just and seeing how their bond formed. Once I got past like them forming a real tight bond, and then once you got towards the end and it just it was gut wrenching to see the end. Like it did technically end on a happy ending to see him reconnect with his son. You know, that yeah, that, that kind tough. of actually that helped reconnect with his family. 
in a, in a weird way. So like that was cool. But that's the part where I was like, wow, I get it now. Like it, like how the little, the, like you would never, and he, I, I guarantee he never thought something like, remember, cause he even said in the early part of the documentary, you know, Hey, you know, I loved being by the ocean when I was a kid. And then I lost that passion for it. It went away. I stopped doing it, all that stuff. And then he basically rekindled that fire and he basically rekindled, not just the, the, his zeal for life, but just like everything involved in his life. So like, it's, it's just crazy how much, how just, this was the first documentary I think of. I don't know. There's probably, there's probably other documentaries out there, but this was the first one I saw where I'm like, wow, I've never thought a documentary could have so much emotion, a lot of power behind it. And it could like literally be like a life altering event. And just, it, it shows like how, like just the littlest things in life can mean so much to people. Yeah. So like, sure. and, and, and that's one of the things like, I'm like, I'm like, cause I'm like never in a million years, would I thought a man would form up and, and vice versa that a man and an octopus would form such a, such a strong connection that like it, 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 it's, it's not like when you see like, you know, like you see those, like those dumb people that, you know, they take in like a pet tiger, for whatever reason, <laughs> like, like this, this tiger, this, it, tiger king. Yeah. King. Like, 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 like this isn't that, or like, you know, someone takes in like, you know, especially in Florida, Oh, I got my pet gator here. Like, no, this is like, this is not, this is not that. Why like, did you do that way. in a Florida accent? Oh, uh, because that's how they all are. Um, and I've seen too, too, uh, I've, I've seen too much. And I, listen, I go to, I got, I go down to Florida every summer and I stay there for like two and a half weeks. I know what, what it means to be Floridian. Um, but what's your favorite Florida man story, Brandon? Oh my God! Well, I know the one that's on my birthday, but oh I, yeah, but, but oh my God, uh, Jesus! There's so many good Florida man ones. <laughs> uh, before we get to Florida man, I, I want to. You, you got my point. You got yeah, my point yeah. with the whole documentary, though. Yes, so. yes. And by the way, I want to second your point because that's exactly where I was gonna go. The last thing I'm gonna add to this is, so. You know, throughout school, we have to watch, you know, those Planet Earth documentaries where Morgan Freeman and some British guy or whoever is like, and this Benedict animal does this, or Benedict Cumberbatch, right? This animal does this. The penguin this. flows upstream. It's like, it's like, I'm just like, and my mom started watching them during the pandemic. I was like, mom, this is boring. I don't need to know how these animals do it with a British man telling me every five minutes what they're doing. It's boring. It's annoying. I get why they are good, but you're not going to see me sit there for an hour, two hours, three hours watching this. Like we in middle school, we had to watch a whole season of planet earth, (laughs) like virtually all. And I was like, bruh. Uh, So I'm just going to say, that this is exactly what a Planet Earth documentary should be. It gives you the human perspective, the animal's perspective, in a really unique way where I feel connected to the person telling the story. Because it didn't really feel that much, quote-unquote, scripted. I know it was to a degree, but yeah. it felt like he was telling you a story and not, oh, this animal does this because of this. No, oh, I yeah. have this bond with this animal, and I fell in love with that. That's how... Listen up, BBC's Planet Earth. This is how you should do your damn documentaries. So much better. So much better by a mile. So that's that. I'm going to second 
I'm going to second Brandon's take and add in that this is way better than anything planet Earth has ever done in their history or anything close to that. And it's true. I mean, it's just when I, you know, I, I remember sitting, sitting through those documentaries in school, too. And that's another reason why they bored me. It's just sitting through it in school like you would, and especially with the lights out in class. Oh, my God, you'd fall asleep. And but you like, would always have like a sheet of paper being like, what did this animal do? Question marks. You couldn't fall asleep. You have to focus yeah. on what the fucking animal did. It's like, ugh. And, and, mo- and most of the time we never got a clear answer. So like uh, I'd leave like three questions blank. <laughs> we never got an we never got we never got an answer. Um but like yeah, th- this one I just liked it. Yeah, that's I was gonna I was gonna kinda get towards that. Yeah, like that's just it's cool that it tells a story. It's it's like most documentaries, I mean like you know, you have like true crime documentaries, stuff like that. But we're just talking like specifically about like, you know, nature and animal and all that stuff, like documentaries. And it's like it never goes to that point of being emotional, almost like a narrative. So it's like it's it's yeah, it's like it a just storybook. It... It's like a proper storybook with the guy telling you mm-hmm. a proper story. Yeah. And, you know, the, the ending is, is bittersweet, but you understand it. Like it's it, it makes so much sense to do a documentary that way, too. It just. It's just like that. That's how it should be done. If you want to keep people interested and keep people just emotionally involved in a documentary, instead of just keeping keeping their you know, because people are regular people are not stimulated by the ordinary documentary, like an ordinary nature documentary. Like, but if you gave them something like this, you know, this would get more people to watch because it it would be because the and this is true for anything, any kind of movie tv show anything that you broadcast to people if there's no human element in it or if somebody can't find a piece of themselves in it they're not gonna care so you know that's kind of how i feel when it comes to this too it's like you know if you can see the emotional the human the human aspect means a lot to people and it means a lot when you're when you're trying to tell a story so or you know or trying to paint any kind of picture so it's if you don't have a human aspect, you don't have a lot to go with. And you kind of have to stretch yourself a little bit thin. Yeah, because you're but, just focused on this is what the animals do. It's like, I get it. It's cool, but it's not that cool as here's a human's own personal experience. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I almost, I almost just can't, can't put it into, I can't describe it well enough. Like, there's just something about appealing to human emotions and human senses that can just draw so many people like myself into stuff like this. And that's, that's why I liked it. I really did like, it. I didn't think I would, I'd be bored by it. But once I kind of got into it and kind of forced myself to keep with it, it, it paid off in the end. It was really worth the watch. Uh, Florida man birthdays. Here's mine. Drunken Florida <laughs> man arrested after shoveling spaghetti in his mouth outside an olive garden. Um, Florida man threatens. Well, that's kind of boring. Florida man threatens to destroy to destroy everyone with an army of turtles. Nice. Um, that's cool. <laughs> Bro, did he did did he think that he was literally Master Splinter? I don't know. Um, Flor- This is from two years ago, or actually from last year. Florida man accused of impersonating law enforcement officer to get Wendy's. Oh, fantastic! What? Wait a minute. Why would you have to? That's so stupid, bro. 
All right, now your guys' turn. Search up Florida Man and your birthday and tell me what comes up. Oh, I know I know what mine was. Oh, I, I know the gist of it, but I want to make sure I get it right, so I will look it up, but I know what mine was. Shane, Hold look on. up yours, too. I want to see what it is. Oh, God. Oh, uh, let's see. You can read as many as you think is interesting. Yeah, I have I have two of them. One, one, of, them, one of them is actually... <laughs> uh, Where is it? Yeah, two of them are are very concerning. Really? Um, and 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 they're in back to back years. One is in twenty uh, nineteen. One is in twenty twenty. The one in twenty nineteen. This is the one that I remember. Uh, Florida man claiming to be an agent of God caught carrying rattlesnake in Jacksonville Beach. That's one of them. The other one was Florida man trying to kill quote unquote demons tormenting him went on a sledgehammer spree. What the fuck? I, I don't I don't know. Oh, oh here's a oh, here is a really good one. Well, actually, it's from it's from the February seventeenth. It's like the night it's like the night before that kind of spilled into the next day after. So it kind of is the eighteenth. Florida man arrested after disrespectfully consuming key lime pie. What? How how do you <laughs> how do you how do you disrespectfully consume a key lime pie? <laughs> Uh, oh my god! Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, all right, Shane. What do you got? Ones. Uh, well, I got a couple good ones. Um, <laughs> one is um, let's see. A uh, Florida man is arrested for attacking daughter with pizza. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Let's see. Um. Let's see. <laughs> Florida man attempts to go on cannibalistic attack in Miami. He kills one person. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. Um, oh my God. Bro, let's what? See. There's, there was one on my actual birth, like the day and year that was... Good. Um, oh, yeah. Wait. No, not that one. There we go. Okay. Florida man threw spaghetti at his mother saying he had demons in her head. Wait. Do we have the same birthday? No, no it's way. A mix, it's a mix of the spaghetti... Wait, what's your birthday, Brandon? Uh, February 18th. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny, because I also have this one on my birthday, um, which I would be May 26th. Uh, huh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Florida! Um, Shane, Florida. what's our movie for next week? What do you have? Well, we have choices, don't we? Do we have Do we have choices this week or not? Uh, I don't. I've know. got. I've got, I've got a few that I'm thinking of. Well, we've got we've got dolphins and eagles, so it's got it's got, it can relate to either one of those teams. If it right. <laughs> um. Well, man, octopus would have been good for this, but that's all right. Um. 
But since we already did that, for this, let's do Shark Boy and Lava. No, I'm kidding. No. Um, oh, Lord, please. Lord. Please. No. No, no, no. Um, you know, okay. I have my, my big list here. To be honest, I don't really have any that fit the theme of either of those teams, so I'm just going to do one that also doesn't fit with any game. Um, one or two, I guess. One that I thought of is um, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know if either of you have ever seen that. I have heard not. Of it. Um, it's Guillermo del Toro. Oh, and, I um, like that thought. I've heard, heard of it, it's, never seen it, though. It's in... It's in Spanish, but you can do subtitles, and it's still pretty good. Um, and so I, what I wanted, so for the first three films that we did, I just kind of did like movies that I liked and wanted to talk about because I'd never talked about it with anybody. Yeah, this but, went off the rails fast. But now, but now since then. <laughs> I'm kind of trying to hit like one for every genre. Um, so, you know, we had documentary there and then I want to do, you know, uh, like a comedy, uh, a war movie, horror, Western, so on and so forth. Um, we're also in October, so this would be, so we got to think about that too. Oh yeah. No, you have right. to, you have to pick a horror movie for at least, at least for one of these weeks. Yeah. One of these weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my plan. And it's going to be a more tame one. So don't, so don't worry, Robert. It, it, no, it's fine. Uh, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Oh, the demented. No, I'm kidding. Um, nightmare on Elm street. No. Um, uh, but yeah, so this would be like a, this could count as either a fantasy movie or a foreign film. Um, because it's, I believe it's, from Mexico, so, um, you know, wh whichever, whichever you choose there. I guess. Yeah. Um. But anyways, that sounds good to you guys. I have a couple other ideas though. If you. Yeah, let's hear wanna. the other ideas. Yeah. yeah, give it. Give us choices here. Okay. Um. Another one is. Uh, I was kind of. So as far as westerns, um, had have either of you seen No Country for Old Men? I have not. I've heard of it. I might have seen a clip or two from it, but I've never actually fully watched it. That's no, an interesting one for me. Because um, I really, without spoilers, of course, I really like it. But then the last 15 minutes, I'm like, really? <laughs> Some people... Some people really like the last 15 minutes and others are like, no, nah, that's stupid. And I'm kind of in the latter, but so I would be curious to what you guys think about that. But regardless, that's, you know, that's just, that, it's still up to that point. It's a good modern Western. Um, uh, we could also go, um, lost in translation. Have you guys seen that? Heard of it, but never what? seen. It. I've heard a lot. Of, I've heard of these, never seen it. Lost in Lost in Translation. It's uh, it was directed by Sofia Coppola, who's uh, Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. Who obviously he directed, you know, like The Godfather and. This um, is the indie film, right? Um, three. I mean, I wouldn't say it's indie. Um, it's it had yeah. Bill Murray and Scarlett yeah. Johansson, yeah. so. Um, 
but yeah, but that's that's um that would be like our uh sort of like romance movie um because you know we have to include something for every genre um but to me that's co- that's sort of like a better version of licorice pizza oh <laughs> i fucking hate licorice pizza i fucking because, hated that movie but you know because this one they're both adults there's just you know it, it's sort of like that because there's the age gap but it's like but they're both adults so, so like, it's not it an, it's feel not weird, a but it's, weird age gap yeah it's so yeah, it's so a, it's not, not like you know, pedo- it's not pedophilia. Oh, yeah. Which is like um, how did I thought that was a good idea? How 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 did the Academy and most people on on most critics love that movie, Licorice Pizza? I still don't understand it. I thoroughly they don't understand what they don't understand what audiences want. Hollywood is a bunch that. of pedophiles. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. No, they're just they're too far up their own asses to understand that that's you illegal know, weird yeah um but uh yes there's that um should we just pick from those let's three let's see or well what do you think do you want to hear more brandon how are you feeling about these three well, it depends. To me, it depends. If you if you have a really good like fourth one, well, d- tell us the genre of the fourth one you were gonna pick at least. If you well, to... I was gonna go. I was gonna go war. Ooh. Um, okay. What, what is it? Ooh. It would be. I'm debating between two. What are the two? Um, one would be Hacksaw Ridge. I wanted to see that when that came out. I watched I it once. It. I will gladly watch it again. It's an incredible film. I will gladly watch it again. Okay, or I was gonna say, um, her locker. Oh, not gonna like kind of. I mean, that, it's older, isn't that one? That one's a little older, right? What that is one's, it called? That one's her locker. locker. That one's two thousand eight. Yeah, that's my thought. The hurt locker. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner was nominated for Oscar, and Andrew Garfield was nominated for. Hacksaw. Yeah. Um yeah, it's they're very different. I mean, Hurt Locker is you know, Jeremy Renner is a he's it's in uh, I think Afghanistan in like yeah, I remember or whatever. That. that I remember. And yeah. um he's a bomb diffuser, he's kind of a maverick, he's just you know he's sort of a jackass. Um and then Hacksaw is Japan, World War Two, you know, a, a man who's very much well, he's still He's kind of a maverick, but in a much different way. Um, you know, he's just a very faithful, spiritual man. And um, yeah, one of those movies I love. The other one, I don't understand the hype for it. <laughs> but um, which one yeah. do you not Anyways. understand the hype for? It's the Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. Yeah, yeah. I figured that. I th- I mean, it's the sound design is great. That's one thing that's really good about it, but. I mean, other than that, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't, well, it doesn't Hurt, really, it, the Hurt Locker is more of like a war, like action-ish movie from what I, from what I remember hearing about it. And then Hacksaw Ridge is more like war drama. Yeah. Uh, yeah Hacksaw feels a lot more intense because yeah. while he is not fighting, he's like right in the thick of it. Yeah. Whereas, I, re- I remember when, whereas the same, Hurt Locker, same, he's, yeah. 
Yeah, whereas Hurt Locker, he's not really fighting anyway. He's just sitting there defusing bombs. Uh, <laughs> all right, Brandon, I'll, I'll do whatever you want to do. What What are you thinking? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I always, I really did want, I always wanted to watch No Country for Old Men. Um, but I also always have, I've wanted in recent times, I have wanted to watch Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, I'm down for either so... one of them. Honestly. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'm looking ahead to uh, week eight, and that's a oh, week eight. That's when we'll be doing the uh, quiet place. We're um, doing a quiet place. Oh fuck! Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. I've seen it, and I love it. I've never seen it. I've never seen <laughs> look, it. Oh, that's... you're gonna love it. I here. Well, it's... I have a fun. I have a funny story about that, but we'll One get to One of the that best horror we'll movies, in my opinion. Yeah. I have a good backstory for that movie, too, but we'll get to that next week. But then week but then week nine... That's got to be the horror movie, no? Is... is uh, no, yeah. But then week nine, the week after, is Buffalo at Cincinnati. That's November. Um, um, that one... I think... Actually... Um, this is kind of weird, but let I'd say let's do No Country for Old Men next because, um, because and then we can do Hacksaw Ridge for uh, Buffalo at Cincinnati. I'm fine. The reason I, I say that, the reason I say that is because um, the main character is an army medic, and whenever I think of Buffalo versus Cincinnati now, I think of medics. Because... Oh, God. That's, that's so bad. I, that's bad. That's so I know, I know it's... I, I know it's messed up, but... <laughs> By the way, did you guys see on the ambulance, Buffalo's ambulance, it has DeMar? Yeah, Hamilton. DeMar. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. It's sad that we had to yeah. see it, but... Yeah. Alright, let's do that then. No Country for Old Men next week, folks. Yeah, we got, yeah, we got our, we got our ready. next three lined up. Get ready for... Uh, yeah, th- this... The only thing I'll say about this movie going into it is... Um, you know... There's a lot of... there's a, th- This is one of those movies where there's a lot said without actually being said. You know, where there's a... Where they're having a conversation about what seems like one thing but then what's really going on is like something a lot lot more intense underneath the surface and it's just it's really interesting um you'll see what i mean but um yeah i just mostly i really want to know what what you guys think of the ending um Uh, see i like i like the fact that we that we're doing a a west western kind of crime thing because that and because I I want to see it when it comes out, and that's Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm really I, I'm really excited to see Killers of the Flower. Oh yeah. Moon. Uh, so that's that's important be- for me. Before we go, I need you guys to open up the Instagram, go to the go to the bottom, and tell me if that's a. Oh no. Let's see. Oh my god! Can I can I blow it up? Oh my god! Uh, it's, like, it's like pixelated. Well, I mean, yeah. That's that's a hold. Jesus Christ, it's a hold. They didn't call it a hold, and that is why the Bills won the game. Wow. That's a clear hold. I don't understand that. 
Yeah, it's a clear hole. I mean, listen, the, the refs just wanted to get the hell out of there. They were tired of throwing flags. What was it, like 20 flags in this game? Like, neither, neither team deserved to win. So it was just, you know, let it come down to a final play and call it a day. That's really all that was. Yeah. Because there was like, because because if you if you count the offsetting penalties on that one where there's four penalties in one play on the goal line, uh, um, that would have been like 16 penalties right there in the game. And I think there's probably more as you went through. Because I didn't even I didn't even watch the whole fourth quarter, so there had to be like 20 penalties in that game total between all, you know offset and accepting and all that stuff. Terrible, terrible game all the way around. Don't want to talk about it anymore. You have to be, you have to be Ray Charles not to see that hold. Um, and with that, that is it for our Sunday. We should see you back on Monday. Finally, we get to talk about a Chargers game in full on a Chargers podcast. Um, but I can't wait for that. Um, they're Monday or Tuesday. We'll get that done. But uh, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Brandon, for a great show as always. And we'll see you all very soon. Yes, sir. See you. Yes, sir. Take care, everybody.